0: Welcome in to the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and definitely leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it as always. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Cheerson Sousel, Petey, and Derek Montilla. We're going to get into our Valley <laughs> Sports temperature check. Thanks for everybody letting me know that my mic wasn't working. Um, all right, here we go. Let's start it off with the Suns. The Suns they took on the Clippers last night. I was there at the game. It was my first Suns game of the year. Super excited that I got to go and watch it as a fan. the uh, The Suns were struggling a little bit in the beginning, but they kind of got it together. Uh, they did end up beating the Clippers in a close game. The Suns are now twenty three and three in clutch game situations. I mean, talk about an exciting team to watch. What were your guys' thoughts on the game last night?
1: I saw some people like just disappointed they didn't win by more. And that just goes to show where we're at with the Suns now, right? Like, clutch wins. You know, you, you have bad losses throughout the season or just nights that you're off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not, like you said, that seemed to be the start of the game. But to be able to pull it all together and still pull out the victory, you know, I there was criticism about their lineup not having, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard and obviously, you know, uh, PG not in there. But I, I don't know, man. I think that this is one of those situations where – it's nice for the Suns to be this good that they can still pull out wins. And the only thing we're upset about is that, well, this should this felt like it should have been more.
2: Right, you know? yeah, absolutely. It, Suns knocked the Clippers out of the playoffs last year, so I don't care who they were missing. I think anytime they're going to face each other this season, they're going to remember that and play them tough. Exactly. For me, you know, you don't want to get to the point where, like, your you should like this. The, your opponent stinks, and you should be blowing them out. Yet you're there. You're still within a couple points. Like you don't want it to be that. But the Clippers are still a very good team. So I think it's encouraging that they are still able to come away with the win. And the fact that they are so good in the fourth quarter, closing out games yeah. in clutch situations, it's all positive for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as
3: the longer the season goes on, and you're finding different ways to win, I think that's an important task for a team that's trying to enter the playoffs the right way look when this team gets completely healthy and they're on a roll they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat the expectations however are extremely high so then can they continue that pace Mm. yet to be seen but this is what we talked about and this is part of the point of the show it's when things are going well and you can still find things to bitch about yeah and things to complain about like what do you think the coyotes would be doing to get a few wins in a row like by seven, <laughs> by two, and shoot up. Like, just get a win. Like, yeah. The point is to don't, win. Don't talk to me and Petey about losses. Yeah, All I'm right, sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Gonna, <laughs> when this <laughs> team finally gets together, this Suns team it's like, if everything clicks, yeah. Don't. I don't want to. Speak too early, but it's going to be really fun to watch what they can do this season. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, the Suns—they're the best team in the NBA. I've said it all along on this podcast. I know the Suns podcast says it every time that they're on two, but they really are the best league, the best team in the league. Um, I have some stats for you guys to hopefully blow your mind because I don't know if you guys know this, but since the bubble, so including the bubble games, the Suns are one hundred and twenty and thirty nine. In games, That, to me, is wild. That winning percentage, I can't do math, but I'm assuming. <laughs> Good
2: job, Monty Williams. Well, is
0: through the roof. If,
2: and James Jones for continuing to add to And to the that Suns,
0: success. they only need to go 16-9 and for the rest of the season to set a new franchise record in wins if they do it, which, I mean, I feel like they can. They're on a six-game win streak right now. Their next six opponents are not great. So, I mean, I feel like by the end of the next two weeks, they will be out on a 12-game win streak, barring Any crazy changes, you know, knock on wood. But I mean, this team is unstoppable right now.
1: And I hate to relate this back to the Diamondbacks, but that's uh, three games away from a full baseball season. And that's. Pretty terrifying wow, to think about. Wow, that was fast math. What I would have, yeah, are.
2: fast math, could not have done that on the fly. <laughs> I would that, have even thought that. So that, that's why we have you on the show. <laughs> said, uh,
1: 110 I, losses in I, their I, season. Were, we're not quite as good as the Suns have been over that sh- same stretch.
2: Yeah, wild. For me, there are three things that stand out about this team that I feel like are characteristics of championship teams. Like, one is the chemistry, and we've known mm-hmm. that all along. And James Jones has done a, a phenomenal job of bringing guys in that have not disrupted and only made the chemistry stronger. Um, just closing out games, right? And I think that's something that maybe yep. they've struggled with in the past, like teams that can close out a game that's that that's big. Um, and then depth, right? And now they've yes. just added to that depth. Yep. They've got three things that are just such big factors in championship teams. Mm-hmm. Like this team has every bit of expectations to win it all this year, and they have everything that they need to win it all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. This is the year for the Suns. Um, Shane in the comments saying, the Clippers without Kawhi and PG are sneaky good. I agree. Like people yeah. were trying to discount that last night. They were trying to say like oh like you guys wouldn't like it was an easy win like they didn't have their two best players but like I still think the Clippers are a really great team even without those two on the court. Um, Charles Woodall Pike saying the Suns being able to crush the last five minutes has been so fun to watch. I agree. I love watching this fourth quarter, like when the Suns are playing, because even if they're a little bit behind or whatever, I still have so much faith that they're going to just win it. Like I have just complete faith in this team, which I will say is so nice to experience because as a Valley sports fan, I am scarred and jaded. And so when I can finally just like let my my trust walls down because I have so many trust (laughs) issues and just like enjoy this team for what it is, it's so refreshing because I genuinely have not
1: been able to do that before but but do you not have the feeling in the back of your head that there's they're gonna hurt you again does that I not don't, I don't know like or I just have just like a feeling yeah, yeah I just I have a
2: feeling feel no, pain
1: Derek <laughs> that's kind of what I want I want I want her to remember the sting of last season but now I had that same thing last year like last year it's like this feels different i yeah. never felt this confident about this team yeah like sometimes it was even when they were really good with a really good record you still kind of had like some crossing your fingers type moments, right? Yeah, but absolutely. Um, no, there's just something about this team. Like, it's even, uh, I mean, obviously it starts uh, with CP3, right? But mm. the biggest thing about him uh, is even when he had an off night, kind of like he seemed to start having last night, you can just annoy him into being better. Like, it's like he's, like he's kind of toying with the other team until he realizes he has to kind of turn it on, and then right. he does, and he's just incredible. Uh, the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook line on his assist last night we're 13 and a half. And I was like, no way.
3: He scored. He got 14. Yeah. Yeah, he got 14. But that's the other thing, They my bet.
1: <laughs> they've got
3: a confidence right now. And one thing about pro sports, at any sports, at any level, is winning is contagious. Yeah, and And it. they've got an inner belief now that they can come back and win. They can win with a depleted lineup. They have found different ways to win. Mm-hmm. And most importantly they can look across the bench and go, okay, it's your turn. Yeah. I yeah. did it. You do it. And yep. they, once you get an accountability within the room from the guy sitting next to you, yes. not from the coach, not from the manager or the owner, it's from the guy sitting next to you. Once you have that, yeah, man, that's dangerous. And that's what this team looks like they have. that's like, okay, let's go. It's your turn. Let's yep. pick it up. That's I it. agree 100%. And, and, and the depth
1: too, by the way, exactly. is incredible, right? Like they, yep. they, they've traded and made moves now to actually make their depth valuable. And it seems like, they don't have guys on the bench as much that, you know, uh that, that they might have thrown in just in garbage time. It seems like everybody could have uh could be an asset to this team at some point during a playoff run or at least late in the season when we want to give, you know, some of the guys some rest going into the playoffs.
0: I think that's where my confidence comes in, too, is like Suns teams in the past, like they seem to just be missing one piece of the puzzle or like two pieces of the puzzle. But to me, the Suns team has every piece of the puzzle they've got everything from you know James Jones down working for them they have the perfect coach they've got the perfect lineup they've got the perfect person making roster decisions i just think that this is it like they just have every single piece of the puzzle and this is their year to do it But as Derek mentioned earlier, we also have CP3 on the team. And CP3 is the point god. And obviously, we need a shirt that celebrates his epicness. So if you haven't seen it yet, this is our new shirt that just dropped this week. The point god. Oh, my God. This is the favorite shirt we've ever released. I'm obsessed with it. Praise him. Uh, praise the point praise god, him, huh? our, point god yeah, our point god, god. is almighty point god <laughs> it's amazing i love it check out our new shirt if you um go over to the phnx locker that's where it's available if you sign up to be an annual member at gophnx.com you get that shirt for free which i 10 out of 10 recommend doing because with the free shirt you also get access to a ton of great stuff on gophnx.com All right, let's move on to the Coyotes really quick on our temperature check. Um, (laughs) Petey and Craig were out at the new arena. So if you missed it, which I don't know how you could have, but in case you did, the Coyotes will be sharing the arena that ASU Hockey slash Multipurpose Arena are building. You guys were out there. You did a little tour. So here's a video that Petey and Craig put together of the new arena.
3: Steve Peters alongside Craig Morgan with PHNX Sports just got a tour of the new
4: ASU Hockey Arena. Craig, initial thoughts? Well, I I had the luxury of getting to tour this in August virtually, and now that you see it coming together, you, you really think, wow, what an unbelievable facility. This is going to be especially for a college team, right? Look, you understand some of the concerns from an NHL standpoint, but... For us, as media, for fans, it's going to be an unbelievable experience to watch NHL hockey in this arena.
3: Yeah, you look at from the college perspective, what they're going to be able to do for recruiting for a college kid coming here. This facility is going to be second to none in the country. For the NHL, sure, there's going to be concerns. Yeah. I mean, the fans, though, I tell you, what a fan experience! They're going to be right on top of the players. Um, do you have any idea of some of the, some of the
4: main points of the new building? Things we can look forward to seeing from the inside? Yeah, I know. Well, right now we're still waiting to see what seating capacity will be for an NHL game. Um, It's a little over 5,000, I think it's 5,008 for college games. Um, It's like 6,000 for concerts, things like that. we will have to add cameras, broadcasters, scouts, all those things. But in terms of the arena itself, there are 20 luxury suites. Uh, You saw some of the club areas that are really nice. The uh, party deck for students, which is going to be unreal with a drink rail. Um, There's the community rink on the other end of the arena from where we are right now that will house a lot of the youth programs that used to be over at Oceanside. This is really going be a hub of hockey right here and if you extend it out even further if the coyotes get their permanent arena built i think it's a mile and a half down the road imagine tempe basically is the hub of hockey in arizona did you get any idea of what the coyotes annex would look like and where that's going to be located yeah it's actually really close to where we're standing right now. I think if people, rather than giving them directions, I think people know where Packard Stadium used to be, the home of Sun Devil Baseball. Basically, it's right next to that, right, right next to the grandstand. So it's off that corner of the building where they'll have all of their team areas at the cost of 20 to $25 million. They will have easy access, the players to parking right
2: So that was the tour of the new arena. PD.
0: I know you were out there and you gave us a great comprehensive breakdown of it in that video. But what were your overall impressions and your honest, honest opinion if you think NHL games are going to be successful in that arena?
3: First, it's a beautiful facility in an unbelievable location. Like your stand it's right next to the football stadium. You get to see the mountain there. It's gorgeous. It's a great college rink. It's a really good call drink when you walk in and go, Oh shit, this is small and it's it's stunningly small.
0: Mm.
3: I I've talked to a lot of people around the league this week because people called me and said, they're not really doing this Are they they can't really play there. I heard from coaches, managers, they're not really gonna do this. Like this is an embarrassment to the league. The league can't do this. The players won't let them. But the last thing every one of them said, every one of them can't wait to watch a game there. Yeah. This is going to be an NHL experience that you will not ever see again. Mm -hmm. You are so close to this action from anywhere in the building. If you're lucky enough to get in, it's going to be phenomenal. And one of the things I'm concerned about is I read, oh, it's going to be full of drunk ASU students. Like hell it is.
1: How are they (laughs) going to get tickets? How are you going to get into this building? Mm.
3: This is going to be one of the hardest sports tickets to get for one of the worst teams in sports which is a dichotomy, but it's true. It's kind like, of brilliant it, from that perspective. It, the right? environment in that building is going to be insane if you can get in. Mm. Will it be the same watching a 1-22 in 22 team? Eh, maybe not, but you can see Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby. You yeah. can almost reach out and touch Connor McDavid. Like are you kidding me? Yeah. The experience is going to be phenomenal. So the naysayers are people that one have no idea. How does this affect the fan in Canada? What the hell do they care? How big the Arizona coyote stadium is? Well, they don't know. You know, the reason
1: why is because well, they think they, it should be there. Yeah. It, they think that it's something that they're just waiting to poach this team for some team in Canada, for some city in Canada. And so they're that's why they're in all the coyotes mentions and everything like that. Uh, I get it, but you know, maybe maybe look towards expansion or something else. I, I don't know. The Coyotes, though, do have an issue right now, right? It it is become one of those situations where uh, it it's kind of like you said, it, it's kind of laughed at a bit for due sure. to the size of it. And I all I could think is how much I want to be in there. Like you said, that's all I think about, yeah. right? I mean, it, it's it's a I guess it's a weird metaphor because it's not like watching the Beatles because you can't compare the coyotes (laughs) to the Beatles, but you know, in a way with the, maybe with some of the opposing players or everything combined, it's, it's like getting to see somebody incredible in a very small venue that you would never get uh, so intimate, like 50 seats in some bar and some, you know, famous band or something got, got a chance to play there one night. Right. Like that's the, that's the appeal there. And I, I, like you said, I don't see this stadium being empty. So like, that's not a, bad thing either that it's going to be filled with people every game and not you know not have that same capacity issue where you know half the have the stadium is empty
2: so i was talking to coyotes former gm don maloney on the phone earlier and he sort of echoed those Subtle sentiments flex. and <laughs> said that first off since he has ties to arizona and he's in calgary now but he's like the go-to guy where everyone's coming up to him being like what the hell's going on in arizona um so there is a part uh, where People just kind of think it's a bad look for the NHL, and you have your superstars that do have to go in and play in this this rinketing five thousand will be less than five thousand uh, seat arena, and some of it. Some people just look at it as, as a joke, and some players don't want to play there or just think it's a bad look for the NHL as a whole. But then you also have, and he echoed the same sentiment where it it's become like you know it's going to be a, a hot ticket thing to get into one of those games. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so the conversation here in Arizona. Um, And the conversation around the league might be a little bit different. But we'll get into the conversation
0: later when we talk about the drama surrounding this. But I think my greatest concern is just I don't think Coyotes fans realize how small it is. And I'm just worried that they're going to be disappointed when they go in there for a game, because I mean, you walk into Healer river arena and that thing is massive. Like it, and it feels like I'm in a professional sports venue. And half of the appeal of going to a game is to get that experience that, you know, some people can only afford to go to once every year. And it's, you know, they have like the whole thing in this giant arena, this whole experience. And then, you know, you're going to go to ASU arena and it's perfect. Like you said, for a college hockey team, especially, Coming from Oceanside because Oceanside is a rinky dinky little community rink. So it's gonna be great for ASU hockey, but I'm just I'm worried that Kaitus fans are gonna be disappointed when they go in there and they see the size of it, how many people are in there. And I'm just that's what I'm the most concerned about. I might be wrong. Once
2: again, you're going from alienating a certain uh part of your fan base because you're out in Glendale. Now you're moving to Tempe. You're closer, more accessible, but now you're going to alienate and alienate a different part of your fan base for the people who can't even get in to see a game.
3: Yeah. And and let's go a step further. You're alienating that group. Should we talk about the fans getting in? You're not getting in. Yeah. This is going to be so hard to get in for one. And then let's take another step further. Well, I'll just watch them on TV. Good luck. Try. Try getting with Sinclair and getting into a regional sports network without paying I mean, we've, people are cutting the cord. How do you watch your favorite teams? Mm. It's a problem. It's not a problem if you want to go see them in Glendale. You can't see them in Tempe because you won't be able to get a ticket. And you can't watch them on TV unless you have Direct TV or cable. So what are you going to do? Yeah. So how many fans are you going to alienate over the next three, four years that five years from now if – If you get the new building in Tempe, if you get it, that all of a sudden you go, okay, we're ready to start winning. We're really good now. Here's a building, come back. Right. I don't don't know though,
1: because we have three seasons of playing there, right? That's what the deal is for. So after three seasons, don't you think to a degree that there's going to be people that have been wanting to watch these games so much that there'll be more people attending games at a bigger venue once that's available? (laughs) Let's
3: hope so. Not if
2: you you like straight up can't watch any of them and and don't feel invested because you can't watch any of their games. So I doubt like three years of being like, yeah, I just who even plays anymore? Because I haven't even seen them in three years. Like they could go. I see what you're saying, but I feel like the risk of of people just not being able to watch is greater than the opposite. I
1: just compare it to this Uh, like merchandise companies do these drops now and it puts you When you miss drop after drop, whether it's shoes, hats, it doesn't matter what it is. You stop caring even about if you like the thing, and you're so like dead set on getting it, just like a ticket. You know that you might not be able to get into, but once you get there, you're so excited that you get to go.
2: Like crumble cookies Uh, when they release their cookies every week. I (laughs) I had crumble cookies (laughs) for the first time last week.
0: I understand the hype; those things are amazing. (laughs) They were
1: out of banana cream when I went, and I was so (laughs) angry. And I was like, "What do you mean you're out? Just make more. How is it that hard?" Coyotes are crumble cookies. (laughs) Yeah, make them desirable. Talk,
0: we're gonna talk more about this arena stuff in a little bit, but before we get into that, I do want to talk to you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs. 360 windmill good. New customers or a Mikhail Dunk good. He had two of them last night back to back. I was like, damn, go on, Mikael. Um, <laughs> yeah. new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Jack King Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same game parlays, combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Hopefully you do not have DeAndre Ayton. Buckets in your parlay last night because he did not do very well. Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up only, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Pause it. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. All right, I love drama. <laughs> it's time to talk about some drama, Mama. I don't know what is going on, but I swear to God, the Valley Sports are like a reality TV show, The Housewives. I I, can't, I don't even know what's happening. I feel like. All the drama in the universe is centered in the valley right now, and it's all surrounding our sports teams. And there's a lot of it.
1: Celebrity Big Brother is on right now, so that I'm might watching be the that cause show. Of, yeah, um, uh-huh. I
0: haven't watched it recently, but I'm hoping Todrick oh, wins. It? Oh,
1: it gets dramatic soon.
0: Oh no! Oh, yeah. oh no! Got to get oh. caught up. Well, just like celebrity watch <laughs> any you of this so guys, you I'll guys. I am a reality. <laughs> out, right? I am addicted to reality TV. That is like the only thing I watch on television besides sports. It really? is a problem. I love reality TV, but I do feel like. The Valley Sports are starring in one of my favorite reality TV shows right now because holy cow, what the heck is going on? Obviously, we need to start with the Cardinals because that has been a ton of talk recently. Uh, Kyler Murray obviously has been the center of this. He um, deleted some pictures off Instagram, which we all know. Uh, Our own Johnny Venerable, he... Posted about this, made an observation, and the story went national. Um, Obviously, you can see there Johnny's tweet and then some reaction on the side. um, I I can't see the um, saying that that was his favorite storyline of Super Bowl, which I agree because I thought it was drama filled, which I love, um, like I mentioned before. So obviously, you have Kyler deleting pictures off Instagram, and this becomes a national storyline And people start talking about it. There's like a lot of different things that are coming out of this. Like, is he unhappy? Does he want more money? And uh, we all we all kind of chimed in on this. But I mean, Kirsten, you don't really think um, it has anything to do with anything besides money, right? Like, this is all a ploy to get more money.
2: No, I have absolutely no idea what his (laughs) intentions were. The only thing that I feel like is pretty apparent is that he knew that he was making some sort of a statement that wasn't going to go unnoticed by deleting everything out of his profile. I don't care who you are. If you work for ESPN even, and you're like one of my go-to people that I, and all of a sudden I go to your profile. I'm like, oh my God, it doesn't say ESPN anymore and everything's deleted. I don't care who you are. People are going to pick up on that when you're a a quarterback for an NFL NFL franchise people are going to notice so I don't know what his intentions exactly were I mean you could definitely say oh it's probably got to do something with the contract situation whatever they were he did it intentionally and then I, I I have a hard time talking about this without also talking about the statement that he released which I'm right. sure that we have yes yeah, so he
0: to update everybody on the drama obviously we all know this happened there's been some thoughts and comments from a lot of different people saying that this shouldn't have been a story. This is a story, whatever. But Kyler Murray did release a statement yesterday. He posted it on Twitter and it says, I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me to win a championship. All of this is nonsense is all of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been. It never will be. Anyone who has stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. So that was Kyler's statement. So
2: please tell me why he's not about this nonsense and everything when he is the one that started it. You know what you're doing when you are a celebrity of that caliber, whether you're a pro athlete, whatever, you have celebrity status. When you make a move like that, you know dang well what you're doing. So my whole thing is at least take a little bit of ownership, like at least say, I understand how that might have been perceived. It was not my intention. But don't now pawn it off on everybody else for like creating drama and you know i'm not about any of this like at least take a little bit of ownership for that
0: what are your thoughts on it pete
3: this is what's hard for me like churston's in like she gets the cardinal vibe i'm a fan i stand on the periphery and go okay to me what in the hell are you talking about we talk about a, a, a guy that's supposed to be a young leader of his team that's what a quarterback is. And we compare them to there are some pretty darn good young quarterbacks in this league right now that are leading this team. This is not a move of a leader to me. This is, hey, if I got a problem with owners, management, money, whatever it is, I'm going to knock on your door and let's talk about it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this. I don't know how this binds teammates. I don't know how this binds the message of group and togetherness. Whether they are together or not is beyond the pale. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's what do we perceive it as. And now the perception is, what the hell are you talking about? You don't like drama. What the hell are you tweeting it for? Right. Idiot? Like, that's just dumb. Like, so how am I going to buy into him? And now he's got to get behind center next year. I'm going to go, well, you know, the, the piece that I don't most concerned about is where's the team in this? Yeah. Where's the team going? Hey, we, we saw this message yesterday. He's a crybaby and he's a finger pointer. Where's the team going? Hey, hey. hey. We're behind Kyler. He's our guy. He's great in the room. He's our leader. Where's that?
2: Well, there wasn't. They did. The team itself released a little bit of a statement, basically saying that, okay, like, he's our guy. I We're behind him. him. Um, I was and then wrong, his Matt. teammates okay. have come out and said, "Yeah, it's okay. That's what. That's I'm why. Sorry. That's why we've, we've got a group here. It's not just one person. <laughs> we bring our minds together. And some of his, his teammates have come out in." response to him and a lot of fans are saying like who the hell cares if he deleted something on his Instagram he's a good player it's just like yeah I get that and I'm not saying trade him because he deleted something out of his Instagram it's just you already have and he knows damn well that the the conversation surrounding him is like does he lack leadership qualities? You know that is a thing. Whether you whether you pay attention to everything that's said about you or not, you know that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So when you're making a move like that, be a little more conscious of it. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it is a storyline. It's happened to other athletes have done it in other leagues. I mean, Von Miller did it with the Broncos when he was unhappy with the Broncos. And it is a storyline. It is worth talking about. And I do believe there is intentionality behind the actions. Kyler knew yeah. what he was doing when he yeah. archived those posts. He was intentional with those decisions and then when he came out with his statement yesterday I also was a little off put by that because he said he's not about this nonsense well if you're not about the nonsense don't archive those posts yeah like if you don't think there's going to be any fall out from those actions when you're a professional athlete on the highest stage in front of thousands and thousands and millions of fans like I just I don't agree with that because like you know it's the same thing with me like if I'm dating somebody and I all of a sudden just delete all the pictures of me and my boyfriend off Instagram people are gonna be like oh my god Michaela broke up with her boyfriend like it's the same thing like I just don't think it's fair to like be like if I, and obviously i can't speak for kyler and i don't know how he feels but like if you don't want to be about this nonsense don't do stuff like that because you're gonna get some nonsense out of it like we're all gonna react
1: to it i'll say this just in defense of kyler
0: i also man. don't have a boyfriend by the
1: way
2: she's been single <laughs> and still is <laughs> kyler is
1: 24 years old and i think yeah. that's the thing to keep in perspective here like he's not going to always make the most mature decisions at 24. Yeah. I understand we want everybody to be grown up, and when you're in this position in this spotlight, you should be mature and you should be able to handle it. And that's part of you know uh, the reason why NFL teams analyze these guys when they draft them and put them through 50 interviews to figure out how how they are as a person, besides just their athletic abilities, right? Yeah. I just think that in this case, it was an immature decision. It's not. I don't think anybody can say he didn't do it. On purpose with some meaning yeah. but at the same time too sometimes when you're 24 years old and you're just angry about something you just make a dumb decision that you don't really care if it's going to cause drama or not right however you take didn't ownership it, of it you right. you don't right well and i mean that's kind of again another image you're stacking immature moves on right. top of immature moves right but you also don't think that you deleting your instagram stuff or archiving it is going to make it on espn and then it does. Right. And so no, again, he knows,
2: he knows, I mean, he knows. It's like,
1: I think someone in the chat said he did this uh, a similar move when he was in college at Texas A&M. And to be honest, yeah, I actually saw someone bring that up yesterday. And it's it, it when he
2: was transferring.
1: Yeah, it was it was like part of his. Oh like, when no
2: one's gonna say a thing. Whoa, if again, we, yeah, well, again, it's not gonna it's, be on an ESPN or the NFL network. No. Right. Well, I and,
1: mean, uh, and again, it it's it, it might be a well calculated move. It might be beyond him just being immature and doing it. He might have done it with intent and purpose. But it also doesn't. I, I also don't feel like uh, his age and handling things at this don't play. Well, and also he
0: needs to understand that like he's the quarterback of the team and the quarterback of the team is usually seen as a leader And so decisions like this are going to infect everybody in the organization including his teammates and obviously like, you know His teammates have said very positive things about him Zach Ertz, JJ Watt. I mean JJ Watt even came out with a video uh, while this video while this drama was going on I think we have it. Um, if you want to play the video JJ Watt's reaction
1: I just tried to FaceTime Kyler He didn't answer. What does it mean? Are we still friends? Does he still follow me on social? Maybe it's just at dinner. Obviously, that's a hilarious reaction from J.J. Watt. To be fair, that's my exact reaction when my friends really don't answer the phone when I call them. So, I mean, I (laughs) I kind of of feel that
3: way. First of all, what neighborhood does he live in? I don't know, but it sounds like
0: (laughs) Leah's uh, with his street gang outside the sirens. Are you okay, J.J.? (laughs) Um, But, I mean, obviously, his actions are going to affect everyone. I love that J.J. Watt had fun with it. But, I mean, this is now a story that has become major drama and I feel like the drama is justified because if you are a leader of an organization and you do something like that people are going to react to it whether it's a justified reaction or not I don't, I can't tell you but everyone can react how they want to something like that and this I- is
1: this is why people aren't on social media this is why people delete their accounts, which
0: is fine you know? but like but
1: he could do something similar like because he's a you know um, he, he plays Call of Duty so I mean he could do something similar like in a twitch Thing that he's on, and then all of a sudden that becomes viral too, right? He says something because he's being honest. Like Booker uh, is is has at times said funny things in there that kind of maybe nothing that makes him look bad, but Devin Booker at times has like videos of him saying funny things when he's doing when he's playing video games, right? It could be anywhere because sometimes that's where you let down your guard and that's where you do something that uh, you might regret. I've seen the you know PR guys coach these guys even when they're veterans about what that they should be saying and not saying to the media, so. It's, it's not like it's something that the teams try to do something about uh, to, to not have this kind of reaction. Probably.
2: I also don't feel like there's anything wrong with fans wanting a franchise quarterback to be more supportive of the team he's playing for and the community he's living in. Mm. So for everybody who's saying everybody's just on a smear campaign, leave him alone, he's young, he's this and that – if what you want out of your quarterback is a guy like Josh Allen, is a guy like Joe Burrow, where you're getting more of a leader, of a, a person that's out in the community, or a person that is, I'm all in on this city... There's nothing wrong with a fan wanting that, right and, right? and Kyler, honestly, I don't know that he's ever going to be that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that he's not going to be a great player, a great talent, and have success in this league. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't have to be one way or another. Yeah, yep. Petey, I think
0: you're gonna
3: no, but I just think that that's kind of our right as a sports fan to criticize move like like yeah. this. I mean this. This is part of unfortunate. This is part of what sports is. It's not always between the lines. And I know people want to keep it there. And this is a how I play is how I play bullshit. Like we earned the right to criticize move like this. And honestly, that's why the four of us are sitting here right now. And that's why networks like ESPN and watch TNT basketball and TNT hockey because we can do this. Yeah. For me, this is my soap operas. This is this is the storylines <laughs> I follow, mm-hmm. and it's I, I've earned the right. That's what sports does to people. I've invested my time, my money, and my energy into this team. Yeah, I can complain about it if I want to. Yeah. And, and on this particular thing, he's a guy I want to root for the Cardinals. I want to be hey, this guy's got it. He's on it under control, and he's going to go win for me. He's going to fight for me. Now you're like, eh. Is it more about him or is it the team? Don't don't give us the opportunity to see that. And to say he didn't see that, come on. Yeah. Like my 18-year-old, when my son was 18, he's older than 18 now. When he was 18 in high school and tweeting stuff, you go, hey, everything you tweet there affects things. Yeah. Be aware of that. I taught him that when he was 16. He knows. Come on. Well,
0: William Jasper in the comments saying, huge lack of ownership from Kyler. Leadership is lacking from the organization as a whole. Just show up at this level I mean, that's a great point. I do think and, there is a lack of ownership on Kyler's behalf, especially with his statement yesterday. And that's what
3: I wanted to ask Houston. coming here. Where does any of this lie on or a representation of the coaching staff? Of Cliff? Does this, mean, is this, should he have come out and said something? Or should he have handled the situation? Or I've heard people saying, well, it's a reflection of the coach. Is that fair?
2: Um, I would say you could make that argument a little bit. I would say that Kyler's been his own person, and he's been that way his, probably his entire you know, life and career, you could make the argument that Cliff is not the right leader for him and doesn't have the capability of calling him out or putting him in place or making him have a reality check. So in that way you can certainly, and that's just a conversation. So, you know, I, I have not heard that directly from the organization, but that's what the conversation is right now is, is Cliff the right coach to be able to, uh, to give him what he needs to mature into a leader and so yeah from that standpoint you could you can you could argue both ways i would also say that this is just kind of who Kyler is and it is what it is um perplexed damage in the comments saying
0: um he said he was going to have to grow that will help him be a better qb i think that was a short joke um if it was i love (laughs) it
4: Um, um
0: but i wanted to go off of this because Petey Graham bring, brings up a great point in this maybe being a coaching issue, an organizational issue. Um, NFL AZ Cardinals in the comments asking, do you guys think this drama might steer away free agents from coming here? And I wanted to bring up that question because although it might not necessarily, in my opinion, deter free agents from coming here, it might affect the free agents that are on the roster. So today, this is more drama, you guys. are just adding to the drama. Taylor Jones tweeted something that was very interesting. Um, he said... Something I guess was like a subtweet, but I couldn't really tell um, which NFL team had the number one pass rush this offseason. I feel like he was alluding to the fact that he contributed to the best pass rush in one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. He is due to be a free agent and... There have been a ton of criticisms about his performance this year, whether he deserves to stay with the Cardinals and get more money, if the Cardinals should let him go because of his performance. And so I feel like now we're adding another layer to our drama cake. And Chandler Jones is um, starting to hint that maybe he... And we know that he hasn't been the happiest with the Cardinals. He did request a trade last season, um, but I think now he's starting to bring up the fact that he feels maybe disrespected and he deserves more money and he should get more money for you know the job that he's done throughout his career. What are your thoughts on Chandler Jones maybe uh, subtweeting the uh, the league?
2: <laughs> I will say this: Chandler Jones knows that whatever he puts on social media is going to be perceived yes. in for some <laughs> way. Okay. For sure. There's no, um, there's no doubt about that. So, and he uses social media often, and I like it. I think he 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 very much knows what's gonna come come of it. Uh, this is a read between the lines. What is he hinting at? And I think he wanted people to start talking. Right. So whether it means like, um, oh, who had the best? The Cardinals didn't have the best pass rush. So, like, I don't. I, I de- they're definitely up within. I think the top five. So, um, and that might not that's off the top of my head. I don't quote me on that. Uh, they had one of the better pass rushes. And so in that regard, maybe he's hinting at that, or maybe he's just saying like, hmm, scoping for places. Like, I don't really know what he's saying, but I think it has something to do with the fact that he's going to be a free agent here in a, in a few weeks and is going to have to make a decision. And I don't think the Cardinals are in a place to re-sign him. He got upset because he wanted a long-term big money deal. Cardinals wouldn't give it to him. He requested a trade, they decided for what the Cardinals wouldn't give him the trade. Um, and he played out this season. And I, I, I love the guy. I don't know that he's worth what he wants, but the Cardinals just don't have the money to get into any sort of bidding wars with anyone or anything like that. So if there's another team that's interested in him and the, la- the what I've seen kind of floating around is uh, there's a possibility, maybe the Patriots would be interested in bringing him back to new England. Uh, I think he's going to go wherever he feels wanted and where whoever's gonna pay him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Bees in the comments saying the entire situation reminds me of the office finger gun standoff meme. <laughs> I totally agree. That's hilarious. A great observation. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Jordan Karchner commenting, how can you discipline someone for immaturity when your GM didn't face a discipline for your DUI? That's also a great point. I mean, mm. is it an organizational mm-hmm. issue? Like,
1: the tea is hot today, The
0: tea Jordan. is hot. Thank you, Jordan, <laughs> yes. for adding to
2: our hot tea over we need here. Have, we need to have like a, a, a reality TV show name for this podcast yes. today. Yeah. Um, yes, Charles Pike, all Pike saying,
0: actions have consequences, especially when you're in the public eye like a sports athlete. It's also a great point, Um, but if you want more of an in-depth analysis on the uh, Chandler Jones situation, Johnny Venerable wrote an article that's up on gophnx.com right now. If you want to go check that out, I'd highly recommend it because it kind of does a more in-depth analysis on the entire situation that Chandler Jones is facing as a free agent. Um, I want to play a little bit of a game with you guys as we're going along here talking about this drama. Um, I call it the Mac-o-meter of drama. And we're going to go through, and we're going to talk about uh, where we think these stories lie on this beautiful Mac-o-meter of drama. Um, one, obviously, being this isn't a big deal. Five, being like a middle of the road, and ten, being like, oh my god, this is the most drama I've ever seen in my life. So, when you look at the cardinal situation as a whole, between the Kyler Murray social media thing, possibly you could throw in Chandler Jones in there. What score do you give this on the macometer of drama?
1: I give it an 8. It's a lot of drama, okay. and it's a lot of concern, especially considering how good this team was uh, for a period of time last year and how it's kind of all fallen apart since then. And, and it's not just the performance on the field and injuries. It's also all of this drama. And, I mean, they really had something good. Someone brought up about recruiting, you know, and, and yeah. that's something the Cardinals have been doing well lately, and a lot of that is the players on the team recruiting other guys that they've played with, or bringing in guys that they, you know, want to want to help make this team better. Uh, I, I just don't know if uh, this entire situation is going to help at all with. The free agency, you know, the gaps that they're going to have as far as position players go next season with mm. with those that are leaving.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before we get to Tristan's number, I want to say if you guys are in the comments, which I see a bunch of you now, so thank you for watching. Let us know what your score on the Macometer of Drama is when it comes to the Cardinal situation. I want to know how you guys are feeling about it. If you think it's a story, if you don't think it's a story, give us a rating on the Macometer of Drama for this whole situation. Tristan, where are you at?
2: I think when the Kyler situation first happened, I would have called it an eight because not only did you have the fallout from that, but you had the Cardinals chiming in and archiving their posts to match up with Kyler's, which even which furthered the conversation and the question marks is like oh well the team responded is are they making light of it to like try and make everything go away or or because like if I was Kyler and I did this because I was pissed and all of a sudden I feel like you're mocking me like the team's team account is now mocking me for it yeah. like did that would that make things worse like who the hell knows but then and then kyler released his statement uh various people teammates were like asked about it they brushed off so like it was very much a thing so i would call it like an eight or a nine when it first started i think it's dwindling down a few notches notches a little bit <laughs> so like a six or a seven but this is now going to be something that's not going away and anytime kyler does something throughout this offseason, throughout the next season, et cetera, and he's, you know, wanting this contract extension, it's going to be magnified, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Where are you at,
3: PD? Wait, wait For me, especially with the NFL, the bar is set pretty damn high. Yeah. If you want a 9 or a 10, you need to take your jersey off during a game, throw it in the stands and walk out on your team. That's a nine or ten for me. Jeez, Kyler's a seven.
0: Uh, Antonio Brown, we're looking at you. It's a big
3: player. (laughs) It's a big deal because he's a big player, and and he's supposed to be the guy. Yeah. And you saw the playoffs that this team just went through, and a lot of fingers got pointed at Kyler Murray for that performance in the playoffs, whether it's justified or not. Yeah. They were, and you you look for a quarterback, and Joe Burrow. On the flip side of that coin, leads his team. Maybe shouldn't have been there, but he puts him on his back and carries him. So I think that magnified what the expectations are of Kyler Murray as a leader. Yeah. And I think that's what elevated this story to be as big it was. Hey, if this team is the Coyotes, and, and no offense to the Coyotes, well, actually, a little offense to the Coyotes, <laughs> but if, if, this team, if this team has two wins on the season, people are, eh. Yeah. yeah it, oh, but, but this team's expectations were so high for this Cardinal team halfway through the year that I think that makes this even a bigger deal. Yeah. yeah. Than if they were just a two and fourteen. Teams. Yeah.
2: Well, and the leadership aspect was already in question, and I mentioned that it's not like this came out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, all of a sudden they're questioning his leadership. It was like, first off, it's been since he came here, and yeah, people weren't really talking about it when they were seven and zero or ten and two to start the season because eh, it might still be there. But if they're winning, then we're not really going to talk about it. Why would we? And then as soon as they started going on the downhill trend. Okay, now we're kind of talking about it. Is this a leadership thing? Is it Cliff? Is it Kyler? But that that conversation ramped back up and continued on, and then all of a sudden a move like this—it just just solidifies the story. Well, and I want to
0: quickly move on because we have like three other topics to get to, but I want to make sure that we include your guys' comments. Um, Charles Little Pike saying he's giving it an eight. Uh, Stephen Vice saying it's a five. So we're kind of all over the place. Um, with the reactions, which is totally fine. Like I said, you guys can react however you want, just like we're going to react however we want when we read into things like this. Um, But I definitely think it's an interesting story. It's made national news for a reason. So um, lots of drama when it comes to the Cardinals. Um, And I did want to go on really quickly and talk about the Suns because there's not a ton of drama surrounding the Suns right now. However, I do believe there will be some drama when we do get to our free agency period in the offseason because, obviously, we all know DeAndre Ayton um, was expecting a rookie max contract extension earlier this year and when he didn't get it he was reportedly very unhappy with the Phoenix Suns. Um, Obviously he felt like he was getting slighted and deserved a rookie contract or I don't want to speak for him but I do feel like there was probably some feelings of like maybe he deserved that rookie max contract extension and when he didn't get it he probably felt a little bit slighted which I could say I would probably feel the same way if I was in that position. Um, So this whole Time in between him not getting the extension and now, you know, people have been looking at his performance as a reason to either justify him getting more money or him not getting more money, because if he doesn't, um, he can, He he will be a restricted free agent. Um, so the Suns will have a chance to match any offer that comes DeAndre Ayton's way in the offseason. But people have been using this as a time to really look at DeAndre Ayton and figure out if he deserves more money or, you know, if the Suns are going to let him walk. Um, we've had a couple tweets throughout the season, obviously, Pointing out DeAndre's uh, performance, we had one from Gerald last night talking about, um, you know, his, uh, sorry, um, his, uh, the, his percentage of made hook shots this season, um, Suns Mode Sunna saying, um, pointing out a, a wide variety of things of why DeAndre Ayton deserves more money. So I guess my question to you all is, you know, do you think that this story is drama do you think that he deserves more money do you think the Suns should spend open up their pocketbooks and make sure that he stays a part of this roster has his performance garnered that or do you think um you know the suns might let him walk at the end of the season
1: i i don't think the suns are going to let him walk i think that they should pay him i think he absolutely deserves it because of his maturity and his growth like mm-hmm. his I, I don't know. I was commenting last night, but I was just really impressed with his footwork and and his his hands lately. Yeah. His ability, his balance. There's just a lot of things there that he looks like he's come so far as as far as a player goes. I, I I don't know where to rate the drama because it doesn't really feel like the difference here with the Kyler situation and other stuff is that we have physical evidence of that person being angry. All we have really is people saying that right. he's upset with the organization or whatever. And I mean, again, that's that person's opinion about the comment he made or whatever. Of course he's upset. He feels like he's done a lot for this team and he expected to get that. And when you don't get that contract extension, you were expecting, you're, you're going to be upset. You're not going to be thrilled about it. I, I think that the sons might've wanted to see, this season, if he was capable of still progressing and still getting better and earning this money like he hasn't already earned it, you know, with his his past performance. But it, it's a it's a, it's I think a difference of doing it one season versus being able to put it together consistently. Yeah. Tristan,
2: do you think that D.A. has earned the bag? I do. And I also am very impressed. And while we're you know, getting off the topic of Kyler and, uh, you know, a maturity and a leadership thing. Well, we're getting back to that. Hold uh, on just a second. Oh, we are? <laughs> yeah, okay, we well are. That, well, I was going to loop that in with DeAndre. Am yeah, I overstepping no, absolutely. So, no,
0: you're good. We have a tweet from Espo, actually, who pointed that out. The same thing. DeAndre Ayton and Kyler Murray are an interesting case study on how guys in similar situations handle themselves in vastly different ways. Um, this was drama because Espo caught some heat on Twitter for this, which I feel is very undeserved because he does make a good point. And Tristan, I know you're about to make that point for yeah, him. Yeah,
2: I've been talking about before anything that happened with Kyler this entire season, Deandre was considered an immature player. And again, he's young as well, but one knock on him, his entire career has been that he's immature and he needs to grow up and the way that he's handled not getting the contract he felt like he deserved mm-hmm. and that is a thing he and his agent were after a 5 year max uh, max deal they were at, talking about maybe a 3 or 4 year deal for less than he wanted and you know he he didn't like that so to see a guy who's had in the past And trust me, being around that organization and being he didn't like the media. I mean, trust me. I mean, they they were justified in saying that he had some maturity issues. He had some growing up to do. He's now a dad. You know, he had Chris Paul come into the locker room. He's had uh, Monty Williams as his head coach. He's had people around him that have helped him develop uh, into a mature player and human being. And I give him props for the way that he's handled everything this year. You can definitely be upset with feeling like you're being disrespected in terms of what kind of deal. I mean, that's just a part of sports. But when it comes to wanting to win games and being and not allowing that to affect the the team culture or anything like that, because you're after this deal. Um, I think he's done a really good job. He hasn't deleted anything from his social media. He hasn't made a fuss about it. He just went on, put his head down and said, kept playing the game and said, "Uh, you know, I'll prove it to you. Hopefully I get an extension and we're all good at the end of the season, but either way, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it my all. I think that he's a staple of this team. I think moving forward after, you know, Chris Paul is, is at the tail end of his career. so, Uh, in the next couple of years, you're going to have to sort of get into a situation where you're looking at rebuilding. And I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton should be your build, your pieces that you're building around. Mm-hmm. And so I think he definitely deserves it. I believe that he's going to, to get that deal and that it will not end up being drama at the end of the season. But I do think there's still, he's still under a little bit of a test. Yeah. I think if, if he, and one thing with him has been consistency. I think if they get to the playoffs and all of a sudden he's super inconsistent, um, I don't know, maybe there's some questions there. I mean, this is very much a, a trial season for him. Yeah. Uh, but I think to this point, in my opinion, personal opinion i would say they get the deal done and ayton is here to stay yeah
0: b's in the comments saying ayton's approach has been refreshing he has maintained a professional demeanor and that is evident in the evolution of his game throughout the year um, William Jasper making a good point saying the difference between those situations are Monty Williams and James yep. Jones and Cliff and Kime. Yeah, so exactly it.
3: It PD, what are
0: your thoughts on that? No, I, I completely that?
3: agree and that's what we talked about before. It's the organization, it's the it's coaching the staff, it's, the, it's culture. the leadership group and the culture and, and CP3 brings some of that to the locker room mm-hmm. yep. so there's an expectation. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We're not privy to those conversations. Was DA a problem in the room and CP3 goes, hey, here's how it should be, here's how you yeah, handle it. Yeah, but here's the, the, the thing guidance?
2: too. DA said he doesn't want to disappoint Chris Paul. He doesn't want to disappoint Monty Williams. It's, it's Kyler who, he doesn't want to disappoint himself, maybe, yeah, but does right, but Kyler want to not disappoint his head coach yeah. or, you know, DeAndre Hopkins or whatever? I don't think that that accountability even exists where he, I want to be the best leader I can be and the best player I can be for you and for you and for you. Yeah. And it's going to change who I am as a player, my approach and help me grow as a human being. And so maybe we just totally uncovered something right.
1: here. Well, Chris, Chris, Paul, like you said, he is willing to to discipline him on the court, so I can only imagine. Like you said, we don't yep. know what goes on behind closed doors, but if he's if he's so willing to coach him on the court yep. uh, during a game, you can only imagine the advice and and the uh, you know at least and call
2: him out tutelage. on shit.
1: Yeah, right, and and just everything. But the other thing there too, on the flip side, is the support from those guys, right? Chris Paul, Devin Booker. We heard from all these guys that said pay da right, so they're behind their guy and they showed him the support and we didn't get that contract. Those might've been the same guys that picked him up and said, that's fine. We'll get it for you this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. your performance this year, we'll get you that money. And to have guys around you like that, making you kind of calming you down so that you're not having those moments of, you know, immaturity or just kind of lashing out. Like sometimes you can, you can take stuff for a while, but then there you just have those weak moments where uh, you all of a sudden were really angry about it because you, you thought about it too much or whatever and it you know caused you to yeah. do something dumb on social media.
0: I will say I'm really impressed with DeAndre Ayton and the way that he's handled this situation this year. He could have been way worse and he could have done the typical NBA superstar thing where, I mean, look at James Harden. I'm pretty sure James Harden's not hurt, and
2: he just wanted to he's not been play. With Fifteen teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could have had a James, another mini James Harden on our hands, yeah. and DeAndre Ayton. You know, one of the biggest questions around surrounding him was his maturity level and you know his ability to be a grown up and make grown-up decisions. And I think the way that he's handled this entire. I guess slight of not getting that rookie max contract extension has been nothing short of mature. And I'm super proud of him for handling it that way. And again, I do think you can accredit a lot of that behavior to the people around him in the locker room, to the leaders that he's been given in his coach and his GM. And I do think the Suns have established at least from the GM level down a great organizational culture that, you know, really supports their players and, and accountability is their main focus at the end of the day, which I really appreciate. So I am proud of DA for the way that he's Handled not getting that Rookie Max contract extension and he does deserve that bag so I really hope the Suns hey, open that up that wallet because he freaking deserves it really quickly on the macro meter of drama let's bring back the meter um, where do you guys think this falls on the meter of drama I don't think it's that high but I'm interested to see no
2: it's yeah. nothing right now I mean it could be like let's revisit at the end of the season but I don't think it's I don't think it's drama now I don't think it's going to be drama yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. because
3: like a, the way he handled it though yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. it exactly. could have
2: really, been drama like he I said he could have been James this. Harden 2.0
0: big,
3: big deal Instead, he, yeah. he publicly we don't hear about it he just goes out and plays yeah. and you want to yeah. get paid do two things put up really good numbers and win yeah if yeah. this team wins can you imagine the pressure on this group to pay DA If yeah. yes. they win oh my but, god but going yes. back
1: to Chirsten's comment about rebuilding you don't need to rebuild with how young this team right. is right? right like yeah Chris, you might lose Chris open. Paul right but the, window the window's open. open to bring in somebody else to replace him that I'm not going to say there's ever going to be a Chris Paul but by that time these guys might well, be
2: Bridges, Cam Johnson, guys that are still on, on rookie contracts. You're going to have to I mean, you will in the next few years, sure, you're, lose some it, you're going to have to maneuver a lot. And I still think your two anchors for sure, whether you are able to keep both or two like it, the team's going to change inevitably. And I think those are your two anchors. Yeah,
0: yeah I agree.
1: Um, Mikhail Bridges needs to stay, too, because. That oh, my
2: God, I love been, Mikhail. He is a meme, great. a walking meme. I
0: swear to God, his face is iconic. Please, <laughs> please, please let Mikhail stay because I love that guy. Before we move on to the Coyotes and we do have some baseball stuff to talk about. Sorry, guys, we're, we have a lot to talk about I mean, today. Kayla didn't
2: realize that she has the three most long-winded. Yeah, uh, on sorry, the watch, you I know, I'm um, sorry, guys.
0: Hopefully, you all <laughs> watching our don't mind. <laughs> <That's easy. laughs> hopefully, you all watching don't mind. We might go a little bit over today. Sorry, guys. Um, before we go on to the Coyotes, the baseball, I do have to tell you about our newest partner because I love them so freaking much, you guys. I'm so happy we're partnering with this company because they have a product that I use literally every day day, I started taking athletic greens because I am tired 25, eight, I swear to God, there's not enough sleep in the world that I could get to where I wake up feeling energized. I have some issues where I just want to sleep all day. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get better at it. But the good news is, is Athletic Greens has helped me get more energy. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I literally roll out of bed because I don't have enough energy to walk <laughs> to the kitchen <laughs> and I get my.
1: You guys, if
0: I have to be up before 10 a.m., I am a monster. But yeah. thankfully, Athletic Greens is super easy. I just grab it out of my fridge. I take one scoop in my water bottle. I give that thing a shake and I chug it. And I swear to you guys, I've already seen a huge improvement in my energy levels. I feel like I finally have enough energy to get through the day without needing to also chug a coffee and I can just drink my coffee and enjoy it instead. Thank God. I know because I <laughs> have given Starbucks my entire life savings at this point. But anyways, <laughs> Athletic Greens is awesome, but there's a ton of other benefits that you get from it as well. It supports a better sleep quality and recovery. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it costs you less than $3 a day. Plus you're investing in your health. It's also great for your gut health. I've heard people have seen their skin improve from all of the the minerals that are in there. So make sure you go check out Athletic Greens to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to go is do is go to athleticgreens.com TPSP. That stands for the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Again, that's athleticgreens.com TPSP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I promise you guys I love that thing so much. It is making such a difference in my life.
1: (laughs) I I take pre workout supplement and it has such a like a a, a short shelf life of giving you energy because that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But since I've been taking Athletic Greens, it's like it's it's just extended and it allows me to actually like not have to take an afternoon nap after I'm done working out and the, we love the it workout
3: works, work, we work love
0: out. it um, Jordan saying Mac needs an IV filled with coffee mm-hmm. I would be so down with that I could just like bring that thing with me everywhere and just inject caffeine into my veins um, B saying I love this please go overtime alright it's official B said it we're going <laughs> well, overtime um, Jacob our producer is no, no, very unhappy hungry. because he's hungry but that's okay uh, we'll, oh, he'll that's suffer great. through it's for cool. us I think this is great yeah. content so we'll just keep going alright when the Arizona Coyotes an NHL team announced that they were going to be sharing an arena with a collegiate hockey team the internet was on Fired. Oh, the there were so many memes, gifts, like comments from everybody from Joe Schmo down the street to national media members who were roasting the Arizona coyotes for sharing an arena with, uh, the ASU Sun Devils. This was probably some of my favorite <laughs> ones. Um, at 13 Pav on Twitter <laughs> saying they will have a nice practice facility, obviously with their Buffalo hockey game, um, uh, Oreo speed wagon <laughs> saying Clayton Keller coming down the middle, um, Obviously, they're playing knee ball hockey. I didn't see those. They're so <laughs> good. The drama was at an absolute all time high because for whatever reason—just kidding, not for whatever reason—people were really like making fun of the Coyotes. Wait, what's that? What's the game where you? What? What is? What's table the name hockey? of that? That's bubble. Table? hockey. Yeah, yeah, oh, bubble. Yeah, yeah, bubble yeah, hockey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that's the that's <laughs> the uh, Coyotes' new practice is, is
3: it is it is a drama oh. here though? Like Kyler blew up in Arizona. Is this a big deal here? Well,
0: I think. I Generally, think Coyotes fans are happy about it, but they yeah. were also super pissed about the national reaction. Like they were all over Twitter defending the organization, defending Man. the team's decision to move. Like they, and you know, along with you know the bubble hockey comments that were also, <laughs> well, we have a perfect stadium here in Quebec for them, or they could share yeah. the arena yeah. with the Rockets. That's, like that's really and what And that comes is into. the easiest way to piss Coyotes fans off is to talk about relocation. So you know, Coyotes fans were upset. They were saying this is great for us. People were saying this isn't great. So there was a lot of debate going on if this was a good move. Or not.
1: It's absurd. It's a great move. I don't understand how I mean, I get it. You're, But Glendale is miserable. Uh, people don't like going out to Glendale. That's the fact of the matter. Your season ticket holders are located in the East Valley. You're yeah. making them happy. You're giving them an opportunity not only to be season ticket holders, but to have a completely unique experience that all of these same people who are getting their jokes in are going to be, just like Petey said, they're going to be the people that are going to be like, hey, Petey, can you get me tickets? They yeah. are going to be the same people, right? Because that's what it's going to come down to. You're going to see it, and you're going to want to be there. It kind of reminds me sometimes of making fun of the Winter Classic, and then no matter what, no matter the conditions, no matter how weird it gets, you're still like, this is pretty freaking cool, this, the way that this came together. Outdoor hockey is cool, and it's always great to see it. It's not feasible to do it for all games, but, man, we kind of wish they did, right? Like, the, the Field of Dreams game in MLB was the same way, right? It was a very small, like, they could have sold 150,000 seats if they could have put it on that field for people to come to because everybody wanted to go to that. Yeah. But part of that was the exclusivity and not being
3: able to, yeah. to attend it. Petey, do you think I'm not that that warm and fuzzy as Derek is on this, that yeah. this is great. I don't think it's great. I think this is, for the future of this organization in this city, it's great mm-hmm. because it keeps them here. Do I think that this was a, a business error years in the making? Yep. absolutely. friggin mm. lutely This started when Steve Elman moved the team to Glendale. That's where it started. Yeah. That was sure. a mistake. Huge mistake. But ownership group after ownership group after ownership group said, we can't play here. We can't generate enough revenue to play here. Well, where's the building? where is it? We've talked about it for almost 20 years. Where's the building? Yeah. We've talked about, Oh, it's going to be in salt river for sure. It's going to be, Oh, it's going to be in Mesa. Well, it might be in Tempe. I think it's going to be downtown build the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing should, we should be in the ground. We should see framework yeah. and they go, okay, we got to play ASU for a year. I'm sorry that the beautiful building in Tempe is not built yet, but we're almost there for it to get to this point is a, Big, big business error because I think there were some egos involved. Mm -hmm. I think there were people that really thought the deal between Glendale and the Coyotes was going to happen again, whether it's right or wrong. They thought they'd be in that facility for a few more years until they bridged the gap to a big facility. Unfortunately, by the time the Arizona Coyote management finally realized, oh, shit, they're serious. We're really not going to play here. They shut the door on some more feasible facilities, including the Madhouse on McDowell, which is going to seat 13,000. Needs a lot of money, but if you play there, you go okay. It's it's it, not that much different. Than Long Island Coliseum
1: could have been good. There. It's yeah, not it different than
3: little, you know where the Detroit was playing and Joe Lewis. It's not that much different. So right. we could do that. And, but do and, you, so then I'm, you
2: understand the
0: negativity that's surrounding.
1: This
3: mood, right? Well, oh, Don't
2: yeah. forget, they also got kicked out, and that's the reason why all of this is happening. And, and
3: like you said, the
1: Glendale was petty. Glendale made, they, they were petty from day one. The minute that these this entire process started to go south. They had no problem saying in their like city council meetings and stuff how they didn't want the coyotes here. But they anymore deserve to be petty.
2: This. The coyotes weren't paying them any but, money. It well, you know? yeah, all started stuff. it all started when the city of Glendale basically sued the uh the coyotes and to get out of this the long-term least, yeah. deal. And after that, they went year to year. And that happened, what, like six years ago? At least. Okay, so then what are you doing the last six years? Obviously, if they sued your butt to get out of a 15-year-old deal that they just signed, it's not a long-term feasible thing to work out with the city of Glendale. So what have you been doing for the last six years? And why did you get to the point where things got so bad that they've now kicked you out and you literally did not have a place to go? And thank God, ASU just so happened. To be building this complex, or else then what would have happened? Yeah, they so, would have been shit out of luck. So, yeah. So, people I think are trying to look at the bright side of things, right? And yeah. just it is what it is. That's and so we'll, we'll make the you most do. out of That's it. What I do. But, every, anyone who has, uh, you know, any. Uh, Ill things to say about what's going on right now is also justified. Well, speaking yeah.
0: some ill things to say, I do have a couple more tweets for you guys that I, I absolutely love. Glendale
3: harmless here. Like, Glendale's at fault too. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. that's what I'm
0: saying. That's why yeah. I brought in
3: the lawsuit okay, and everything. Sure. Yeah, I'm not painting the Coyotes organization as the bad guys. I'm not doing that. They should have fixed this a long, long time ago. But yeah. do you think?
1: Do you think in a way this was posturing and everything
3: that they were doing absolutely. was just trying
1: to make it so that maybe they could get this deal with Glendale done? Hundred percent agree. Yeah. I
3: think they believed that this was BS and they were going to play in Glendale. And I believe that was during this hockey season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, here are a couple more of my favorite tweets from people reacting to this. Um, what do you guys think of the Arizona Coyotes new barn? It's a, male, it's a mall skating rink <laughs> <like> at
2: Christmas. <laughs> um,
0: and then someone tweeting uh, Arizona's next arena deal in 2024-2025, and it's a basement hockey uh, rink. Uh, and Paul Bissonnette was so kind to
3: quote tweet it and say delete this. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that makes told, me miss uh, Metro Center. Metro uh, <laughs> Center used to have an ice skating Let's rink. Let's hope five years now. from now. This team has big draft picks. They've surrounded them with a great surrounding cast and the building that they have proposed in Tempe is phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah. it's in a great location.
0: The location that they want to put it at is perfect.
3: If that happens and this is the bridge deal that gets them there, they're going to play in brand new facilities at ASU. They've got brand new locker rooms that they're building themselves on their own dime that they have to pay for in advance. They're going to be in an unbelievable atmosphere. All of those things are true and they will be here long term if they get the deal in Tempe because if they don't, yeah, they will not be. I they again. Be they will not finish that three-year deal at ASU.
1: I'm going to say this. Just again, going back to the uh, the ticket thing or the size of the venue. I have never once walked into a venue and been disappointed by how small it is. Not once. I've never been, because, I mean, I don't know. Derek is not disappointed
0: there, right? by the size of things. Yeah, you heard right. it
1: here first. first. Time. first, time <laughs> first, time first. The size <laughs> of the matters. Or okay. heard that today. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: sorry, is that a, but, uh, I saw my shot. You're, like, right. took and you're <laughs> talking, <laughs> liken it to a, a concert. If yeah. you, the better concerts are the smaller venues for your, right. your favorite artists. Right.
1: That's fantastic. So yeah. I just feel like to a certain degree, that's kind of the experience they're trying to, maybe maybe, maybe that's their thought process here, is that they can sell this out constantly, and then that makes it look like Hey, look at—we've had three solid seasons of sellouts, and like that makes Can't moving to that new venue, you know, better. Right
0: on the Macometer, the Macometer of drama. What score do you give this? And I think we should include the entire thing, though. So from like them not oh, paying taxes so to Glendale drama. to like all the way up to this point, and then Glendale exposing them for not paying their money, giving them their money. Where do we? I think it's pretty high. I would probably give this like uh, maybe like a seven or an eight.
3: Not. If it were football or basketball, we were talking about in this town it'd doing this, it'd be a 10. Yeah. A 10. But it's yeah. not. An 11. So it's not. Yeah.
0: So what's your scores?
2: I mean, I still think it's pretty dang high for any sport to have this happening to them. So I'm going to go ahead and say like a nine. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's pretty high because the thing is, is we're still in the thick and we just all talked about it. We're still in the thick of like is it going to work or is it not going to work? And we're seeing like a situation that's happened. That's that's happening. That's never happened before. So I'm going to say it's at an all time high. Um, and I'm just going to go to nine.
1: Yeah. The, the embarrassment and cringe level is at a 10. Oh yes. It's definitely nine, 10 on the
3: embarrassment
2: you know, on level. PD, what are your thoughts?
0: Well,
3: I, first of all, I'm impressed that everybody knew this much about the hockey team in the arena. So that makes me <laughs> feel good for what the hell I do. Cause yeah. we're kind of like the stepchildren here. We get it. Like, we're the few, the proud, we're the hockey fans. So that's really cool. The Can drama Is this your team...
1: season happening right now? Excuse Still, me. Of course we're gonna Do pay attention. You know? <laughs>
3: Barely. But but the drama is very <laughs> yeah. high around this franchise for an incredibly long time. Yeah. And I as a person that's been around it for a long time, I hope that at some point the drama fades away. Yeah. Because yeah. it has been non-stop drama for 20
0: yeah. years. Yeah, drama, no it's drama.
3: And it shouldn't it's too bad. Yeah. There's a lot of good people that work there. There's a lot of great players that have played there. And there's a lot of great fans that support this team. And I hope at the end of the tunnel that They don't have to. It shouldn't be drama anymore. Yeah, it's sports. Let's have fun. The Suns are our model in a way, even though they can't
1: get away from the drama with Sarver and everything else that's happened as of late, right? But But still, what they're doing. But we're not hearing about it right now, right? It's like ten years. They did get away with it. Ten years away from it, kind of. Yeah, it really did. I mean, you got to say like that. The DA news and that. They handled it in a way that made it go away. No matter how they handled it, they definitely handled it in a way that made it uh, that kind of just disappear.
0: I feel bad for Coyotes fans. Your existence is drama, but hopefully we're on the lower side of this existence and we can move forward in a positive scary. way. All right. I, I know we're getting a little longer, but I do want to talk about this one thing because it does affect a lot of people here in the Valley. And that is the fact that uh, you can go ahead and put up the tweet for this. Today, yes, today, was supposed to be the official first day of spring training for all 30 teams. Instead, we are heading into the 77th day of the MLB lockout. Spring training is officially delayed. My heart is in pieces on the floor because 15 of those 30 teams are here in the Valley and are supposed to start spring training today. And obviously... That is not happening because we have the dumbest and the worst commissioner in the history of sports all time in charge of this league right now. And uh we are without spring training, which affects a lot of people, a lot of businesses in the valley. And I'm upset about it. And I I feel like I'm justified in being upset about it because what the actual F is going on. You're not stoked about Minor League Minicamp? <laughs> no, I am not stoked about Minor League I Minicamp. I'm so sorry to, to the amazing Minor League baseball players around. out there. Uh, um I love you, but no. Uh um, I'm very salty that I will not get to sit outside in the warmth with a beer and watch Major
1: League Baseball players play spring training games. They're not allowed
2: to call it spring training, so no. minor league minicamp it is. Well, minor for league now mini it camp. actually
1: is minor league minicamp because they're not playing any games and they might not play any games should it stay minor league minicamp. I've been uh, had a chance to be angry about this for 77 days now, so <laughs> I'm a little calm about it, but what I will say is MLB, Major League Baseball, has absolutely taken the villain role in this entire situation. They seem to not care at all that they were the ones that initiated the lockout and that are holding the season hostage. They also don't care about their public image right now so much so that they're letting it be known that they don't want to – Pay minor league players for yeah. participating in spring training or for participating in postseason. They
0: literally said that it is to the players' benefit it's, to not get paid. Yeah. Minor league baseball players to not get paid because they benefit from us. They benefit from the training yeah, that they benefit, receive.
1: You benefit from being here playing games. Are for they
2: us. in that big of a financial situation no. where they're what, mm. this is the reason they're doing this? Here's
1: the thing. The one thing that uh like that was before all of this was the decision to start paying minor league players uh, housing. So they are now paying minor league housing, but now is like the other, other side of it, like the pendulum swinging the other way. Well, there has to be, there has to be cutbacks if it's we're like going to basic pay,
2: economics. People right. want more minimum wages, then people got to. Sla- I mean, listen, I get it, and right. I don't mean to get political, but that's just kind of how it works. You want more? We want housing. We want this, and they're like, okay, well, now we got to take something from somewhere else.
1: Correct, but there's also just this general idea that they don't they don't need to do that because it doesn't really cost that much to run all like all four or five of your minor league teams in your organization. Yeah, uh, we're talking about. to 3 million dollars you know what you would pay a pretty decent player but not even like a you know an all-star on your team so it doesn't seem like it costs that much now they also want to reduce the number of minor league players
0: they said they want to cut jobs out of the minor leagues basically
1: back to 150 from 180 uh, yeah and not every team has that two teams have less than 150 players in their minor league organization five have over 180 so those five would be parting way with 30 plus minor leaguers in their system and then across the board across 30 teams it's a couple of hundred probably that they're cutting which like you said right there is the cost paying those players is this the cost they're going to This all just screams
2: like we are foreseeing like a a major like impact in terms of the money and revenue that we're bringing in and we need to jump ahead of it otherwise why would they continue to be greedy i honestly think it's
1: greed it's the way minor league pay is structured is absolutely absurd these guys even at triple a level don't make more than like fifteen thousand dollars a year right
2: exactly right so then
1: you're you're we've talked about recruiting and how like things you do affect your recruiting well Kyler Murray's not going to play baseball when in this you know here he is going through the drama of being the starting quarterback for the Cardinals and leading them part way through an undefeated season whereas he would probably be toiling away in a double a team he'd probably be in Amarillo or the equivalent for the Oakland A's uh, organization uh, just learning how to be a baseball player the way that they treat young players and such in baseball is ridiculous and and to me
0: it's like if you want a good product, invest in your product. Like these minor league players are out here starving, like sleeping on floors of hotel
1: ballrooms. It's not a joke. During their
0: season. Like how are you expecting them to be mentally in the right place to compete, physically in the right place to compete when they're starving themselves because they're not (sighs) fed when they're sleeping on the floors of ballrooms because their housing wasn't provided last season. It is now. Thank God. But like, I just don't understand the logic. Like, and you expect these players to be competing competing at the highest level that they can at whatever ball, whatever a double a they're assigned, but then you're not going to support them or invest in them in the in the literally human basic way to feed them and house them. That blows my mind.
1: Most minor leaguers have to have a second job.
0: Yeah. And like they're playing baseball. And, and then after like they're the done standard, playing baseball, right. they go drive for Uber Eats.
1: Yeah. You have Fernando Tatis Jr. who actually took out a loan uh, guaranteeing an investment firm future percentage of his earnings for him to be given this loan that would allow him to have proper housing. He was able to get a trainer, personal trainer. He was able to eat well, you know, and that was one of the biggest things which he said a lot of his teammates were, you know, you're eating Jack in the Box and McDonald's and fast food and things like that. And it's just not the life that a young I'm athlete- also going
2: to go ahead and say that as a... Uh- Journalists trying to make my way, uh, also had to have second jobs not paying <laughs> well, paying I mean, a see lot of it money. It's not the only okay, having a second job Can is you like hit a 98 mile per hour fastball. No, no, no. What I'm, I'm saying is it's not like inhumane conditions to like, oh, somebody's got a second job. Do you want it or do you not want it? And the ceiling for journalism, I will make this comparison if you make it to the highest of heights. And maybe I am super talented. Maybe you just don't know maybe that, okay? You do <laughs> maybe you just don't know. How <laughs> How talented I am okay <laughs> I, I will say that like it, young journalists they're trying to make it etc I'm not like comparing the two like necessarily but that's not the only career but it also where doesn't excuse it to, Are, like jo- young journalists it, should get be paid life, more though. I get, I get it's, life. it's not the only career path where ah. you're saying I'm going all in on this and I've got to work a second job because this is my dream it's by f- 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 like not even by a long shot is that the only industry I, that that is applies to I, I, where work, are you out of i this? had to work
1: five jobs by the way all of once. There you go. I'm just so,
4: so, so there I'm you not, go but
1: here's what i'm saying is the problem at its core is how is that making a young athlete some kid that's awesome at everything he does Pick baseball over football or basketball no, when that, your you path, have
2: a great point for that. When your
1: path great there point. is so much better, it's it looks it's so damaging much, for the
0: sport overall
2: right. in every I would single never way. And if you're baseball. pulling out of smaller cities that don't have other teams, that maybe you're going to their your single A, double A, whatever affiliate in another city, and now you're bringing fans in that way because they've got a minor league team, they right. might be not in a big city right. where there's an MLB yeah. team. But if you're, if you're deciding that you want to diminish the amount of teams that you have and pull out, I mean, I get, I think that they're trying. this is my personal opinion i think they foresee economic impacts uh you know we're not doing well our sport continues to trend in the wrong direction so we're gonna get ahead of it by slashing costs and i think it will like i'm saying i get some of the moves that they're trying to make without with leaving my emotions out of it i'm not saying that it's right or wrong from a business standpoint i get it but i do think that it will end up backfiring on them in the future. Well, okay, hold on. I want to get a word in edgewise because no, Petey no. is a baseball content. fan. <laughs> well, this
3: is great content. But, <laughs> okay.
2: But I'm about to shut you guys all down. No, Pete is a covert there's, baseball there's fan. There's a, a lot of stuff
3: to digest here. And, and one of the things Cheerson said is important to take in that, yes, you have to to, to earn your way. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. The, the difference I see in that is that the money is at the top of these organizations. It, it, it's if you want to be a journalist, there's people in, in here that are working for free or working really hard to try to make their way that, that I work with every day. But the people that are making it are ABC, ESPN, TNT. Right, 100%. And not,
2: the ceiling's very high. Yeah,
3: agree. But it's not that like the people down the hall from here are making $2 million and I'm trying to get to their level and they're paying me five bucks an hour. Yeah, the difference here is at this level of your franchise you are paying people an exorbitant amount of money exorbitant and in the same franchise in the same job that you want these players to become these guys you want these guys to be the lifeblood you want these guys to be the guys that are earning you money but we're not going to treat you fairly is a concern to me and i'll go to a sport that i know better as hockey the tucson roadrunners are the coyotes minor league team do they get paid as much absolutely not livable wage sure do some of the guys live together, five guys in a house? Yes, sure, they do.
4: Sure.
3: But the one thing that this team at, at, at the American Hockey League level to compete, they do provide food. They Their meals are good down there because they want them to be healthy and strong and be able yep. to work out because they know that player is an asset that's going to help the big club Invest potentially down the road. And that's the assets. part that I think is the disconnect yeah. for me with the minor league players is that's their asset to build them in the future. So what I'd like to see, which you won't see, is where's the give and take from the player that's been there gone through all that and now i'm 26 27 i'm making my 14 million no you can't make 14 million you're gonna have to make 13 5 and some of that has to go back into no 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 no. Well, don't take it from me yeah i made it now so yeah, hell yeah. with you yeah. that's where i'd like to see a little bit more of the give and take from mm. wh- where are the players stand and i don't know and I, i'm not that's a what baseball created guy this,
2: no where, wasn't it the players union or the ones that were saying that like we need to Am I totally off No, on no,
1: that? what do you... No, oh, I'd like to see the players fighting, get back, to
2: Weren't they fighting for... Well, the players are fighting for,
1: the, for, like, the younger guys that don't necessarily make Yeah, like, arbitration years. Pre-arbitration years, right? Mm-hmm. So they are not eligible. So they're still in their rookie contract, and all they want is, if they become one of the top performers in the league, that they should receive a bonus. They want a bonus pool to pay out to some of these guys. And they also guys. don't
0: want what happened to Chris Bryant to have to other,
1: happen to other people. Right. Really. So it doesn't too.
2: extend into, like food and living wage things like that necessarily no, not right
1: now not for not okay. for major league players but for minor but at league least pl-
2: they've got their the like the the players that are ahead of this are it's not benefiting them
1: well, the players, yeah, like, like the players that are arguing on their behalf are like the highest paid players right. in the league, like or. Right. Right. That's the, the other Cole thing that makes stuff. me so
0: mad about this entire situation is like, my League Baseball doesn't have a seat at the table. Nobody is there advocating for them, right. and it has well, it affects them so much. The PA, and nobody there can. Like, and I know the PA represents. The
1: PA is technically right. advocating on but their the behalf, but the PA only right? cares
0: about the 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 Major League Baseball players that are there talking on the behalf of the PA. Like Miley Baseball doesn't have a seat at the table and nobody is there sticking up for those kids. They're
1: trying. That's what they're trying to do. And that's the thing is, is like the owners don't even want to acknowledge a lot of the things they want to do because they're like, like they're not countering back. We're not hearing them meet halfway in the middle. They basically want like, you know, the the players want 100 plus million and the owners are like, how about 10? Yeah. You know, it's like literally the Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock thing of starting negotiations with a dollar on the table before you go. But right now, like what Petey said, the lifeblood of small market teams is are those young players, right? They're not like teams like the Diamondbacks. They're not spending the money. On the big free agents that are over 30 years old. They're they're gonna make yeah. up their team like a lot of teams are based on the Money Astros ball. kind of blueprint and mm-hmm. other things, mm-hmm. of holding, you know, the minor league players back until they're ready so that their time doesn't start on their contract and doing all these things to manipulate their careers. So if essentially they don't have to pay them as much over the course of their career, right? But you have things like the competitive balance tax, which is one of the biggest things that they're arguing over. There's no cap, right? You just have mm-hmm. this this amount set. And if you go over it, you have hey, to pay son. this percentage uh, of what you went over. Right. Well, I don't know. Maybe like, okay, maybe a way to come in the middle is maybe still have the competitive balance tax, but have that money go to something other than the other teams that aren't spending as
3: much. Because again, that competitive balance tax. That's is like the money.
2: worst part about baseball. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. right.
3: Well, yeah. that's the, what the, creates- the financial model is, for a sport that's deteriorating in fans and viewership yeah. and where they're going, their financial model doesn't work, but the only ones that can fix it are guys are, Hey, I don't want to spend any more money, but here's 200 million. What? Right. Well, don't stop paying them that. then. Well, and again, yourself, <laughs> <like, laughs> teams like
1: the D backs can stay in the black as far as financially, because yep. they're getting revenue sharing. They're not spending a lot on the players. And, you know, honestly, they're also getting players from the draft and they have this great class of prospects that are going to be coming up soon. But for now they can just kind of, you know, kind of roll along, uh, lose a hundred games in a season, and still be making money
3: on the financial and side. The and we don't even know that. That the model for me for baseball, different than hockey, tanking. Baseball tanking, your team's out of it by April. Yeah, and it's not one or two teams; it's half of the league yep. is done by April. Correct. And, well, that's a problem. If you got yeah. that many teams Huge losing hundred games, and you're okay. And you know what? We're selling it to your fans. We're losing. They were
1: out of it even before April, just like (laughs) the Coyotes were on this season. They just don't say it publicly. And that to me,
3: if when you have over half of the league is out of the playoffs before the All Star break, that's a problem.
2: My thing with all of this, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to recognize that there are financial issues with the sport itself and with it, the way that it's constructed. And I'm not saying they're going about like figuring certain things out in the right way. But they're in a spot right now where they've got to make changes one way or another. Yeah, I agree. Look at that
1: airport hangar that they can't fill up, right? Like most nights I was there, there was was like 6,000 people there most nights. Like you talk about the issue with the venue. I mean, that that venue that the the Coyotes are playing at, the the D-backs couldn't even fill up a lot of nights because they don't have more than 5,000, 6,000 people show up.
0: Baseball is making me very sad, and I'm very upset about it. Uh, I have a reaction from a couple of people. I think it's the 4th. One, Emma, um, <laughs> people reacting on Twitter to spring training not starting on time, which I agree is very sad. Um, I don't know if we have it
3: uh, Mac, I'm with fourth. you, the, and I don't want this to be harsh. On I love baseball. I'm a bigger baseball yeah. fan than I'm a hockey fan, sincerely. Yes. I would rather be at spring training right that yeah. breaks You're my heart. You're a bigger
2: baseball fan oh, than a hockey no. fan? Love yeah. baseball. Oh That's God. why I want to PDW in love there because he loves I, baseball. I watch
3: baseball. All, it's and, on MLB Network all summer. Yeah. And, it. It. and it's just it's so miserable. And it's miserable. warm. By the way, Cherson, it's warm. It's um, just, Here's the the some of the reactions
0: sucks. to people on Twitter, by the way, about baseball not starting on time. Uh-huh. Shoot me $0. I, I like uh, the album. <laughs> sure. I
3: want him to get it solved. I want to be spring training drinking a beer and eating a hot dog tomorrow.
0: I know. I'm pissed about spring training not starting on time. I genuinely love watching baseball games and it's the best way to spend springtime in Arizona and it's really sad that yeah. it's not only affecting me it's affecting my co-workers it's also affecting the businesses in Arizona the like local this it, it's the local economy is going to take a hit which is really sad but Um, if you're wondering where the the updates of the talks are, there's nothing on the books. They have nothing scheduled. It's been 14 days. No, there's nothing on the books
1: as of. Yeah, as uh, here's the thing, though, that's crazy about this. Like you said about Rob Manfred being the worst. uh, They don't need a new CBA in place in order for Rob Manfred just to call the lockout over and get the season started. They could could also get a federal judge to get involved and make them play like they did during the strike because the strike ended back in 95 without. Uh, without them having a new CBA done. So when they made the decision to do it, they had to continue under the current CBA until a new one could be done. They could have done this the whole time. Yeah. There was no reason to lock lock the players out other than you wanted to apply pressure on them so that they would concede on these issues that they want you to take into consideration. And that's all we've seen up to this point. Mostly has been the players saying, okay, not 125, but how about 100 million? Okay, maybe not the top 30. If they're not in the top 30, how about they're in the top 20? Uh, and we're talking about the seven so percent of players and stuff. Like trying? the players are trying, yeah. You know, it's, but then the it's owners very much
0: on the league, and I hate the league right now. Right. Um,
1: it's the same reason why they didn't want a mediator because a mediator isn't going to look at it fairly. They're just going to want the sides to like meet in the middle. Yeah. And when the owners are starting at zero, yeah. And the players are starting at 125 million or 100 yeah. million, right? Meeting in the middle is a bigger concession on the players' part. So well,
0: baseball is frustrating. It's really pissing me off. And one thing we all can agree on is Rob Manfred is a fucking <laughs> f- moron. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) the worst commissioner in the history of sports, not interested Um,
1: in, in the game. And honestly, like we've alluded to. There's a real issue with popularity, both with wanting to play it and wanting to watch it.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully they can figure this out. Um, thank you guys for all of you who have sat here for this very long episode. We appreciate you so much. We have to let Jacob go eat. Otherwise, he's going to murder us. Um, on the mac drama, I give this a 10. I'm so frustrated that baseball's not here, but hopefully we can figure it out. Um, if you are still here, we love you, and it's because you're family. If you're not a part of our family, make sure to go over to GoPHNX.com. Become a member. and get your first month for only 50 cents or if you become an annual subscriber you get a free t-shirt thank you again so much for tuning in and we will see you next week